For everybody that is a veteran of Sisters Who Kill, you know that our number one rule is to always have a lawyer. Do not do anything without a lawyer present. And that brings us to this week's sponsor, Attorney Gloria L. Smith. Attorney Gloria Smith has been a criminal defense attorney for more than 25 years. She's experienced. She's committed. She knows that the system is messed up and she is determined to make a difference within that system. She started off in Cincinnati and now she serves Columbus, Ohio. You can call and you can text her for anything you need and I promise you, sis has you. And when you're looking for a lawyer, you want a good lawyer. No, 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 no. You want a great lawyer. Recently in 2020, she was named the top 100 national black lawyers. So this is somebody you want to make sure it's on your team so you can make sure you beat that case. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that you give attorney Gloria Smith an email because honey, I know you need to beat that case and she's going to have your back 100% of the way. Thank you so much to attorney Gloria Smith for sponsoring this episode. All of her information can be found in the description box below. And now on to the show. What's going on everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tess. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. When Biggie was asked, what's beef? He replied, Beef is when you need two gats to go to sleep, when your mom's ain't safe up in the streets. Beef is when I see you, guaranteed to be an I see you. Beef is when you make your enemies start your jeep. Beef is when you roll no less than 30 deep. Beef is when I see you, guaranteed to be an I see you. If you're listening to this, you probably already know what I'm about to say, that today is the day for you to start your podcast. You have everything that you need, your computer, a little microphone, and Spotify for podcasters. It is the all-in-one platform where you can host, edit, and record your podcast and distribute it everywhere. Where you're listening right now, you can have your podcast there. I promise, for real. And it's free. And you can make some money off of your podcast for free. Free money. Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Okay, so today's we have a little gang story. So this is a story between the Black Disciples or the BDs and the Gangster Disciples, the GDs. So on BD's side, we have Odell O.D. Perry and Davon Bennett, better known as King Von. And on GD's side, we have Shondell Gregory, better known as Tuka. Taquan Tyler, her cousin, and Jakira K.I. Barnes, also known as Lil Snoop, this week's murderess. Jakira Barnes was born January 21st, 1997, and was born and raised in the south side of Chicago. She had a twin brother named Greg, two other brothers, and one sister. She lived with her mother, Chantel Brown, and their grandmother as well. And Jakira and her mom were extremely close. Before her and her twin turned a year old, their father was shot dead in the head in their front lawn by AK-47. Growing up, though, she seemed to have a normal childhood. She excelled in school. She was a math protege, and she wanted to become a social worker. Her mom said that, like, look, she loved tacos, rice, and Disney Channel, which, who doesn't? <laughs> she attended a Charter Perspective Math and Science Academy, where she was known to be shy and quiet. So friends said that she was a little rough, but, you know, she was sweet. She only got suspended one time. 
And that was for being disrespectful, and that was back in 2010. But other than that, she had no major problems while she was in school. Now, while she was shy at school and she was quiet, Jakira wasn't no pushover. Outside of school, she was an up-and-coming gang member. She was associated with the St. Louis Boys or the Flyboy Gang, FBG, which is a subset of GD. And although she started school and she was very shy, by the end of eighth grade, she was smiling more and she had a pretty decent amount of friends, which is usually not the case, they say, for uh, students that would bang. But finally, when she reached being a freshman in high school, she started skipping school a lot. And she was out. She was running the streets. And in 2011, when Jakira was only 13 years old, a fellow gang member named Shondell Gregory, also known as Tuka, was shot and killed while he was at the bus stop on the way home from school. So I saw an interview with his mom, and she said that he gave her a call at 6.08 saying that he was on his way home from school. And then at 6.14, she got a call from the police saying that her kid was shot dead on the street. So eight minutes later? And... Tuka was well known in the street and he was well respected and so because of that they ended up renaming the block Tukaville. The thing was Tuka was only 15 years old. He was still very young but quite legendary. Uh, after that she changed her Facebook name to Tukaville Killer. The loss of Tuka was hard for the whole block you know that was that was one of their heavy hitters. In 2011 when K.I. was 14 years old she was arrested for the first time for discharging a firearm. She was ordered to go to juvie in an alternative school in Cook County Juvenile Detention Center where her case was pending. The judge said that he was holding her at the juvie center for her own protection while the case was pending because he didn't want her in the streets, mm-hmm. thinking that maybe this would straighten her up. It did not. She she was going to that magnet school, and it was, it was probably challenged her in a different way with, like, getting pulled into juvie. Her friend said uh, on that A&E special, Her best friend was like, eighth grade was the last year she enjoyed school. And her mom was like, yeah, after she got arrested, I I don't know what happened with school after that. Like, she was doing fine. She got arrested. And then then it was over. Yeah. That was was it. She wasn't going to school no more. And they think that putting kids in juvie helps, and it doesn't. Putting the kids in juvie is telling that kid that they're bad. Right. And so then that kid internalizes that they're bad, and they want to live up to their title of being bad. Because if you expect me to be bad, well, I'm going to be the fucking baddest. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. So... The pending case did have a witness that picked her out of a lineup, but the case ended up being dismissed because the witness would not get on the stand to testify against K.I. The charges was dropped. Did she do it? Didn't she? Who knows? But she didn't shoot nobody. Right. She just discharged, discharged the weapon. Right? right. And when they asked her mom, her mom was like, I don't know. Her mom said, when she in my house, I got control out of her. I don't know what she's doing in them streets. That's a whole different person. I don't know. Tuka Mama was saying the same thing. She said, I asked some people. I heard the gossip of people saying she did it. I went up to her. I asked her if she did it. She told me no. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I wasn't there. I don't know. After the first run-in with the logic here, you know, again, she never returned to school. And this is where her gang life really begins to escalate. Mm-hmm. Um, so the area that she lived in was GD territory. And so... She became a GE. <laughs> yeah. They done let the GDs in a dough. Hey, they done let the GDs in a dough. GDs. So she she joined the GDs. And. But it's also so like you're born there. Huh? You're born there. You're either, right. You either join or you don't go outside. Right. So she, she grew up in, she was born in GD territory. So it was kind of like. That's what you do. It's what you do. <laughs> if you spend any time out there, like, if you wanted to. Go outside. 
Yeah. So she was known as a hitter in the streets. The hitters was niggas who were willing to shoot. Right. So she she was known in these streets as a killer. And I'm at this time, she's only 13 years old. Yeah, and got a reputation. And she's like... She stayed strapped. She was never scared. Like, she lived for this shit. Right. She loved it. So, and even people in the other games knew. They was like, okay, uh, she shoot first, ask questions later. Like, you don't fuck with her. Okay, so as her activity increased, she officially became a suspect in about three to five shootings, including one murder. Now, that's all she ever became was an, a suspect. Right. Um, she, that, uh, that firing the weapons case was her only case that she ever had brought against her. But the shootings, you know, if you talk into the streets, if you tap into the streets, they start to let you know what the story is. You can't mm. go to the police for this story. No, no, no. So, <laughs> um, a lot of the beef that they had was, of course, with the neighboring neighborhood. They they literally touched each other, the neighborhoods. It was like a couple of blocks to the left, a couple of blocks to the right. And the neighborhood over to the left was, uh, they called it WIC. That's where the BD stayed. Mm-hmm. And they called it WIC. So over on the other side, or the GD stay, that was ST, STL because they lived off of St. Lawrence Avenue. Um, so a lot of the beef they had was with the BDs over in WIC. Okay, on August 11, 2011, on 400 block of East 64, Odell O.D. Perry of the BD set was seen coming down from the corner store riding his bike when he was gunned down. Of course, the police didn't know for sure who did it, but the streets was talking, and they said that K.I. did it. Um, a lot of this stemmed from a tweet that she posted shortly after his murder. She posted a picture of her and his gun. Holding that nigga's weapon. Up next to her face, like, guess the fuck what? That's a bold move. It was a bold move. And the streets definitely took it as such. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't necessarily say anything else about it, just posted the picture of her with the gun. But after the slaying of OD, you know, OD was, he was respected in the BD territory. And he was, he was one of their heavy hitters. So they named that area O-Block in honor of him. So I was listening to a couple of different sources. And they were saying that, like, how you get respect is once you get bodies, right? And so this would have been her, or this is her first body. body her first told her, body. Her first told body, right. Her first street documented body mm-hmm. for and but there was some like beef going back and forth saying that like oh she wasn't the one that actually pulled the trigger like oh she was just holding his gun for clout and shit like that I heard a rumor <laughs> that she was out there with Bostrell and they saw him riding on a bike and Bostrell's the one that actually pulled the trigger and once OD was down KI went and got his gun and they both ran off mm-hmm. and because od was shot once in the buttocks and then through the neck and hit the shoulder so i don't know i asked around and niggas is like nah she she definitely got bodies on her or whatever but i guess the question was was that her first body i think it was her first hit so her and boss trail went out to kill him and so even you know, you said there was, well, you didn't say just now, but you told me earlier that there were nine shell casings at the scene, but only two landed. So she might have been squeezing the trigger just because she ain't hit him didn't mean she wasn't ready to rock out and hit him. You know what I mean? It's bad shots. 
Yeah, but maybe they was running. He was on a bike zigzagging. We never know, you know? Right. The killings don't even begin to slow down or stop. Also in 2011, STL uh, member Carlton Archer was gunned down. At this point, there's just a number of back and forth killings between Tocqueville and Oblock, you know, everybody trying to avenge the person before them. Right. And then at one point, Tocqueville member Lil B, he was running from the cops. Mm-hmm. And the cops actually killed him. So, so pain on top of pain. Mm-hmm. And then I think, what, at this time she's 14? Yep. Like, so... These is people who she grow up with. Like, I know it's like saying it's a gang shit, but these are kids. And these mm-hmm. are people who she grew up with, and they're dead. They're gone. Like, niggas who she was kicking it every day with, gone. Hanging out outside at the park with as a child. Killed by niggas who lived down the street. Killed by the cops who but was supposed to save you. But they probably all went to school together and learned their ABCs at the same damn time. Mm-hmm. So, on June 24th, 2012, one murder in particular hit K.I. extremely hard. She had this little cousin named Taquan Tyler. Now... Taekwon's mom and K.I.'s mom, they were extremely close, and they raised their children kind of together until finally Taekwon's mom said, look, she had had enough of all the violence in the neighborhood, so she moved herself and her son out of Chicago. So Taekwon was in town visiting, and while in town, he was on the streets, and they had Taekwon doing little robberies here and there, and he was a little he was a little tiny thing hitting the big drug dealers here and there, you know she what ta- I'm saying? She taught him how to rob the old heads, because right. she was like, you just a little nigga, ain't nobody gonna fuck with you. Exactly, they don't think anybody gonna kill, He's, he was tiny, they don't think anybody gonna kill a little kid. He's 13 at this point, you know? Yep, and he's a small 13. A small I know some 13. big 13 year olds, he was a small 13 year old. So one evening, he begs his mama, he says, please mama, please mama, please mama, okay, I was going to this party, I wanna go to this party. So... He begs and begs to go, and finally she says yes. So he goes to the party. K.I. goes to the party. Some of his sisters go to the party. They're on the 2600 block of South Road. And so while they were at the party, so while they're at the party, a car drives by, and they start spraying the party with bullets. Taekwon ends up being hit. The next thing you know, he is laid out on the street of the 2600 block of South Road. When his mama comes to pick him up, all she can do is just hold him and talk to him while he is slowly bleeding out, waiting for the 911, waiting for the ambulance to call to come. He was officially pronounced dead two hours later when he was at the hospital. This hit K.I. hard because not only was this her little cousin, but, like, this was, like, her little brother. This is, like, her this, this was her baby. You know, this was her best friend. She was torn up about it. They, one of her friends said, look, when he was gone, she was gone. She didn't give a fuck no more. She said, I, the night he died, I ain't never seen her cry like that before. And then she stopped, and then that was it. She she had turned at that point. Like After that, she changed her social media handle again to Taekwon Assassin, pledging to avenge her cousin's death. Uh, the gunmen that shot the place of the drive-by were later identified as 23-year-old Nason Flowers and Dwayne Chester. They were arrested and charged. Nason got 55 years, but Dwayne pled guilty. Well, he pled, he pled for a lesser crime, and he got a lesser sentence because he also has some other cases against him, so... He actually ended up serving seven years. So K.I. smoked a lot of weed. They also said, said that she and almost everybody else on the street, they popped Xanax, they popped Perks, because it was popping pills to make the pain go away. As they do. As they do. I mean, they had seen so much. I mean, she's 14, and how many bodies has she, how many dead bodies has she seen? Right. How many be- dead bodies has she seen? How many dead bodies has she called? 
how many dead bodies was close to her. Mm-hmm. Like, it, even past seeing it, like, knowing them. That's your nigga on the street again. Again. That takes a lot on the on the mental. The war between Tukaville and Old Block was far from over. So there was this nigga, little JoJo, and he was part of Tukaville. And a vid- he made this video dissing the BDs. Uh, he's basically like, he was dissing one of their members. And so December 2012, he tweeted his location. The boys from O-Block saw the tweet. They pulled up, seen little JoJo riding his bike and laid him out. Of course, his friends and niggas on the streets were saddened by the death of little JoJo, and they made T-shirts in his honor as they do. And in that same December, that same month, on Christmas Day, Jay Lau was shot for wearing a little JoJo sweatshirt. Um, little JoJo was a pretty talented rapper, and they say, you know, if he was alive, he would have been big, probably bigger than Lil Durk. That's what they say, but you can't never say what nobody gonna do you who ain't here to do it, right? But they say he was extremely talented, though. Yeah. And I think his mo- music proved that because here's your rock. Thing is, it's playing niggas who rock and still don't make it. So you just never know. You don't. So 2013, the FBG Cloud Boys released a song called Murder. My young niggas, they gon' murder. murder. I said my young niggas, they gon' murder. He specifically names K.I. as one of his, quote, young killers in the video. Y'all, if y'all go look at this video, K.I. is all up and through this thing. She is all in now. She got the bandana over the face. She throwing up her signs. She she pulled a bandana down. She rocking. She, every, almost every scene, she, she is up there mm-hmm. ready to put on for her set. But yeah, shout out to Dada Creative because that music video was actually really good. <laughs> I think it was good quality. It, was good it looked quality. like any other nigga video with him having his sets and they flat. Listen, like a Bobby Schmurder video. I was on his YouTube page and he just uploaded another video. And trust me, he's gotten better with time. And it was good then. I, I definitely didn't expect it to be that high quality. I didn't think I was going to be able to make out the people. And the song kind of rock. I ain't going to lie. So around this time, like she, she, she really getting some crowd in the street. She is dead nigga. They start calling her a uh, little snoot from the wire. Mariah doesn't watch TV, so she doesn't know what The Wire is. The Wire is this amazing show, basically about, you know how shows split the story? So half the story is from the police perspective, and the other half of the story is from the street perspective. And it's a drug unit trying to bust the niggas in the streets and seeing them use their informants, and they trying to take time on some master drug dealer. They got hella seasons. It's so fucking good. I love Snoop character on there. It's in Baltimore, so you get to hear all them accents. I love a she good like, accent. She like, oh yeah, me too. She be doing them long O's and shit. Loved it. <laughs> Such a good show. Back in September 26, 2012, K.I. was jumped and stomped out by some members of O Block on a train, right? And one of these people just happened to be King Vaughn. Yes, that's King Vaughn, the rapper. Uh, So, you know, he grew up in Chicago. He was part of BD. He stayed in uh, O-Block, mm-hmm. and many of y'all see him with his O-Block chain and his OTF chain. Like, that's all the O-Block niggas. Mm-hmm. They, they making it together in the rap game. So he was very proud of beating her ass on the train. He went to Twitter, and he was like, Opdite is getting whooped on the train, lacking, dot, dot, dot. Think about it. And after that, he was, like, trying to play with her on public and Twitter. Yeah. It was very 
it's a very weird dynamic that they had going on because they would literally go back and forth from like shoot like bullshitting with each other to threatening each other because they're part of rival gangs but like he'd be like he'd be flirting with her i'm trying to make you my wifey uh one of these days you're gonna see and she would just be like haha nigga you funny like <laughs> fucking. i seen you know she studied the fuck out right. so i seen one tweet she did it was like he was like Playing with her some type of way. She talking about nigga, you gay. Yeah, <laughs> mess me with that gay shit. Like, come on now. Like, she's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Um, he would, he would even be texting her. I mean, tweeting props out there. Kyra ain't no lame. You know, I think I love her. Nigga, shit. That's what niggas say, right? That's what they. It seemed like his whole, the whole time they were on Twitter, it was just like, oh, I like you. I'm gonna go pull your hair. Oh. I don't like you. I'm stick my tongue out at you. Oh, I'm gonna come over and pull your hair. Yeah, and they would like one day they'd be fine, and then the next day it's like, "Fuck you!" You see what happened to OD, and it'd be like, "You don't want to talk about OD." You see, you know, we 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 smoking on Tuki and shit, and fuck you, da 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 da. Just like I don't even know where it come from. And then somebody, I was watching some documentary, and they they hacked Kyra's DMs. Mm-hmm. And was looking at her messages. It was like you see some DMs between Kyra and King Bong, and it's like uh, he's just talking. He's like, he's like, you know, what's it gonna take for you to take me serious? It's some bullshit. He he flirting with her again, and she's like, nigga, when you gonna stop banging? And my guy got so offended. He's like, fuck you mean? I'm, I'm gonna stop banging. I love this shit. <laughs> Don't fucking play with me right now. Right. When you gonna stop banging? She was like. Nah, fuck that. I ain't never gonna stop banging. I feel you on this shit. She was like, but we two real niggas, you know what I'm saying? And we understand this life. And I think if he truly cared about her, that's what drew him in, was the level that he could understand her. I'm telling you, some niggas you never like know. stud. Some niggas, they be like, she like a bro, but she like a girl. It's the best of both worlds. I know quite a few niggas that like stud. And it's a quite a few studs that'll fuck around with some niggas. I know quite a few studs that would fuck around you with know, niggas. This how, I mean, it's not completely unheard of, but he really fucked with that shit. He really, he he he, he say he do. He also looks, listening to him talk to, about her, he got interviewed on that A and A thing, and he was just like, yeah, I like Kara. She was cool, man. She dressed like me. Like no death. Nothing. And then he's like, I see this tweet from you. It says something like, I'm telling you one day I'm going to drill you or some shit. Talking about he going to fuck her. And he was like, did you tweet this? He was like, that sounds like some raw shit. And I be saying raw shit. So, yeah, I probably said that. <laughs> like, it's just disgusting. Stupid. Men. Disgusting. Do better. I'm harder. You don't really want my attention. Right. So, in between all this, they still would go back talking about each other's dead homies and shit. Like, Really throwing up they said and then come back. Hey, what you doing? Nothing at school. What you doing? All right, be safe in the streets. Like, very weird dynamic going on between the two of them. And basically what Kyrie was getting at was like, I mean, this nigga funny to talk to on Twitter, but I don't trust him. I think this nigga want me dead. She even told him. She was like, All right, bro, what's up? Like, y'all trying to kill me or what? He said he she said she heard. She said some witch from around the way told me that y'all want me dead. So what's good? And he was like, I mean, I ain't gonna hold you. 
of course we want you dead. He was like, but I mean, I ain't trying to kill you. She like, so y'all must really be threatened by me. He was like, not really. At this point, I want anybody from from Tukaville did. You know what I'm saying? I can have anyone. You're not special. Basically, what he's saying it was, I'll take anybody, anybody over their head. And it was just, I think at this point, it starts to become. <laughs> it, it, I think they very much lost the message of what the games was supposed to do in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Like King Von literally tweeting. I murder for fun. So nobody out here got as many bodies as me. Like, bragging on that shit, you know what I'm saying? He's mm -hmm. very proud of the lives he's took, you know? And it's just like, the conversation at this point between the two of them bragging about how many lives they took, and it's literally you taking lives because somebody else took a life. It, you just see the circle, how it cannot stop. Like, how do you, how do you intervene at that point? Right. But, he, I mean, he also says that he didn't, he was like, when he said that he didn't really want her, he was like, look, uh, when we stomped you out on the train, we had homegirl there. She had a gun on her. I could have told her to shoot you then. Mm -hmm. He was like, I actually saw you one time when you was when I was riding my bike and you was standing out there. He was like, I could have shot you then. I had my nine on me then. So I've had opportunity to kill you. He's like, yeah, I just, I just did. He was just like, trying to. You, you're not that special. He was trying to break down this wall that she had, the air, heavy air quotes on the wall that she had, and she was like, I think she had a bullshit meter. She had a bullshit meter. So the same pattern of tweeting went on between King Von and Ki for like two years. Like mm -hmm. they really kept in touch. They would call, talk on the phone. He'd be like, "Kira sounds so sexy on the phone." Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> we really kept this going. Right. She, she, every time, was just like, whatever, nigga. Okay. Um, she was probably like, this nigga is a lame. She probably, I think, I think she actually enjoyed him. And that's the thing, is that these kids didn't get a chance to be kids. They didn't get a chance to, like, and actually flirt, flirt with. Or even just make friends just because y'all click. Mm -hmm. They made friends based off where they live. You know what and I mean? And you could not go outside the And so boundaries. I think maybe her and Kim Von actually could have clicked. But what was more important than them clicking was the games they that they from. belonged to. Mm -hmm. People are like looking into the tweets. This A and E, I can't take this A and E special. It was like this guy, he, he's been breaking down the codes on their tweet to figure out what the emojis mean because these teens, their codes are always developing. And they're like, yeah, see this. Y'all know the purple, the purple devil emoji, mm -hmm. the nigga running emoji, and the water gun emoji. They were like, these string of, t of tweets or these string of emojis means he's going to kill him. And like, wow, those colorful emojis means he's going to kill him? Yes, these colorful emojis is violence. And it was like, well, nigga does a good. And Apple thought they was how doing much, something. How much did they get paid to come up with that idea? Because I could have told him that. Girl. They say that cyber cyber banging has become a big issue, and I guess it has, but Apple thought they was doing something, changing his gun into a water gun. It don't stop shit. Mm -mm. They still... <laughs> a, a gun emoji is way different em from a gun in real life. Right, and they will, they will drop that water gun emoji, but you know what the hell that means. Mm -hmm. You will get sprayed. <laughs> then they had people on there. They was like, you can see a lot of 
prayer hands emojis and that we believe symbolizes loss and it's like top tier work here guys so they're like it's loss turned into rage and it's like no shit yeah and it was like we could people have been studying the tweets between ki and king von mm-hmm. trying or even just ki's tweets in general because she was she ran a Twitter for everything. She put all her emotions on Twitter, you know? Yeah. And every time she, she lost a, somebody. She needed a Tumblr. She did need a Tumblr. Every time she lost somebody, she was just kind of tweeting about it. Every time she felt the pain or whatever, she was, you know, damn, I really miss my dude. Wish I could smoke one with Taquan right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's still fuck the cops over Lil B. Why they have to take my bro? You know, uh... Tukaville, like all of that, every all this, all this loss and this pain that she's experiencing, and still, still is a child. Yep. So she she was really expressing that, and then they were like on the same A and E special. They was like, I'm just so shocked that this hardened killer could go to Twitter and just be so vulnerable and expressive. And I'm like, do you know how many niggas cry on the internet every day? And it's let me not say cry. You know how many niggas go on the internet and RIP and this was a hard day. To tell day their emotions. To tell their emotions. And also, this is Twitter 2012. You know what I mean? We were telling it all. And it's black Twitter. Girl, Twitter in 2012. Shazzy. That's how the I, fight started. That's how the fight started. That's exactly what I was about to say, bro. I was about to say, that's how the fight started. <laughs> Twitter 2012 was a crazy place to be. It was. So It doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, so a lot of the shit that they was talking on the internet kind of, you know, spilled over into real life. So on April 9th, 2014, Chicago rapper Blood Money, who was a member of the 300 BD set and who was also Chief Keef's cousin because, you know, Chief Keef is BD of O-Block. Blood Money was shot 10 times and the street said, okay, I was the trigger woman. On a recent live, FBG Butter was like, uh, yeah, she did do it. So it's been confirmed by the streets that she did it. Yeah. Um, so once again, another body on KI's roster. In February 2014, cops found uh, KI in a rival gang BD territory, and the cops said that he knew the risk of her being over there. So he was like, Hey, you want me to drive you to the safe space, like over in your side? And she politely declined and walked away, which I guess it goes to show, like, she wasn't just this ruthless ass person. Like, but also, I'm not going to get in the car with you. With a cop? <laughs> You want me to get dropped off in the back of a squad car? Right. You want me to get dropped off in my neighborhood from the back of a squad car? You Are you trying to put a target on my head? Right. I was like, I'm super good. Sorry. Thanks. That wouldn't have been safe for her in these games. You know, this is where she living her life now. She got to she gotta run the right way. But, you right. know, but just two months later, she would change the history of Tukaville forever. We are so excited about this week's sponsor, Holistic Shop. Holistic Shop is founded by Sadea Bryant, who is a black femme in her 30-somethings who love sex. She's a sexual assault survivor and advocate, and so because of that, she recognizes the need for welcoming an educational adult store experience. So that's what she has with the Holistic Shop. Her goal is to promote, educate, and hold space for black women and everyone else as they build healthy and happy sexual lives okay holistic wants to bridge the world of sexuality and organic products and also become a resource for black women in their community because people don't talk about sex enough 
Who says you can't have educated, good, clean fun, okay? Holistic is here to curate a welcoming environment for everybody and black women specifically while also delivering organic, body safe products directly to wherever you are so make sure that you check out holistic shop you can follow them on twitter at holistic shop or you can check out holisticshop.com all of their information will be in the description box below check her out and now back to the show streaming october 6th on paramount plus first place i learned about death was a pet cemetery dead things buried in that land would come back there's something else. Something's wrong with Timmy. He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, Rated R, streaming only on Paramount Plus. So you know how? Do you remember? You know Gypsy Rosalie, girl who killed her mom. Mm-hmm, the girl who killed her mother. So you remember how they found her, right? Mm-mm. Okay, so they found her because she put out. She was doing a fake Facebook post, trying to post like her mom, like everything. Oh, okay, right, 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 right. And they found her location. Right, right, right. Because when you find your location, then I can find you. But on Twitter, it doesn't really have that same. It'll show your location, kind of like Instagram does that sometimes now. But what they would do is they would tweet out some numbers, and if you tweet out the numbers, you know where I'm at. Yeah, sixty three forty seven, and that was basically like the block she was on. Mm-hmm. So you knew where she was at. So on Friday, April 11, 2014, KI tweets 6347 TMB with the purple devil emoji. So this was her sharing her location. She was getting ready to walk with some friends to a barbecue and she was bragging like, oh, I'll be the only motherfucker in the hood at this time, yada, yada, yada. Remember, she wasn't at school and there was a time where she was tweeting King Von and she was like, oh, what you doing? He was like, oh, I'm in class trying to figure out what I'm going to write about. What you doing? She's like running the street. Right. She was like making boss moves. Making moves. Nigga, you in school. She was talking about, all right, be safe out there. She's all right, dad. Like, they was real chill with each other. So at 3.30 p.m., one male figure wearing a gray hoodie and blue jeans comes from in between the house and starts firing. Her, her nigga, FPG butter, and someone else was shot, but the other two survived. K.I., however, was hit nine times hitting her in the chest, jaw, leg, and neck. The gunman then jumps in the car and makes a successful escape. K.I., she tries to crawl up the stairs of the porch of her neighbor's porch, and people are trying to help her. They're trying to compress the wounds, and she's bleeding out, and she's waiting on the paramedics to arrive. And finally, she was rushed to the hospital and pronounced dead at 5.45 p.m. When trying to figure out, the police put in a report that, quote, it seems even her own gang wanted her gone because she was such a lightning rod, end quote. She was buried near her father. And when her mother was like looking at the burial plot, her mom said, quote, at least I don't have to worry about her in the streets no more. That's a sad place to be. Now she is very near her father. That's a sad place to be, man. It is. To be like, damn, at least with you dead, I ain't got to stress, you know. I ain't got to wonder. I know, I know exactly where you are. Like, that's that's a hard place to be. So, for many years, it went on that, you know, some mysterious hooded person shot her up, right? Nobody knew who it was. Nobody knew who it was. But as, as many of you know, King Von was murdered 2020. Now, you would have thought he'd been gone down over some gang shit, but he was really gone down over some rat beef. Like, I guess if it went one way, it was another. You know? 
And in 2021, in June of 2021, this year, y'all, they officially said that King Vaughn was the main suspect, pretty much saying that King Vaughn was the one that killed K.I. Now, the streets had already been said this. Mm-hmm. This was no surprise to everybody else that knew about this story, that knew what King Vaughn had going on. And King Vaughn had blown up way after this murder had happened. Well, four years after, because he had a couple murder charges that he ended up having to beat. Yeah, like three, four years after after her death, he got charged with a murder. He beat the case. Mm-hmm. And then up goes his rap career. Yeah, he had a couple of different charges, and he and up goes his rap career like five months after that. Yeah, I think Chicago really was, they were developing this new style of music i guess called drill music and they really just rapping about life in these streets who they killed and what drugs they sold and all that shit but they rock you know what i mean it's got a nice beat behind it yeah it's very it's very much an up north shit yeah so a lot of them niggas was blowing up like chief keeps little dirt king von they all from the same hood that's they all grew up together yep yeah so you know shortly after that he he jumped on his rap career was doing great Got into his little rat beef. Got killed outside of the club. Um, and then they picked And K-Michelle went up for him. Yes, yeah, she did. Did you see that? That's her favorite rapper. People were like, girl, sit down. She can go up for King Vaughn if she wants to. Shit. I think even in his life of, like, rapping, like, how drill music was, their expression of it, like, I think there's so much. You can literally look at these documentaries and you can look at these police cases and you can listen to the music and everything is just like chaos was in these streets, bro. Yeah. This took a shit. That was that was a they, real they fucking big shit. deal. King Von got this song still trapping and he say this the shit that had you choking that got took a kill. So like That's, and people are screaming that shit out. <laughs> screaming the shit out in the club. That's they jam. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, his mama on the internet talking about, please quit disrespecting my son. It's mad disrespectful. So what they saying is they, they, they naming the weed at the niggas they killed and saying they smoked them. You know, they smoked them with the gun and now they smoking them in a the blunt, you know. Mm-hmm. So she like, you got literally niggas going up across the country talking about they smoked my son. This is the shit they got my right. son killed. Like, and that's the thing. Like, it's a bop. Just- it's a good ass song. You know what I'm saying? But like hearing the history behind like. It's a whole culture of music at this point. I mean, it's just like uh, music from the South, you know? But if you don't know that culture, if you don't know the beef, then you just rapping a song. Mm-hmm. But that shit is mad disrespectful. Now y'all know. Now y'all niggas know. Do with that what you will. <laughs> he, got a, he got a couple songs talking about it, though. If y'all go on YouTube and Google King Von lyrics that actually happened, he got uh, Exposing Me Fear Memo. He says, I swear our killer broke her back. Uh, on war with us, he says, a pretty out bitch put her in the morgue. So, I mean, he really out here rapping about taking her fucking life, and that's his homie on the thing. Right. So. It, it's so funny that he's the one that he's on there. It's always, you know how they talk about, like, the person that kill you, they'll go out and start being a part of the search party, just do anything to keep themselves involved mm-hmm. in, with your name, mm-hmm. just to kind of keep the heat off of them. Feel like he was doing that same shit. And I just find it very suspicious that, he had charges. Those charges were dropped, and he never got the charges for KI. I but mean, all of a sudden, after he's dead, like, blaming a dead man, like, why didn't you do nothing about it then? I probably couldn't. Listen, they sitting there talking about they think KI got three to five, King Von got bodies, and nobody is doing any time? No, they said KI got more than that, over a dozen. Cops say she got three to five. Streets say she got over a dozen. Right. So, speaking from a cop's perspective... 
You know she got three to five bodies. Y'all ain't charge her ass. King Von got bodies. He on Twitter talking about he got bodies. But if don't nobody, this this shit in and, the and streets. And the thing is, like, the streets so ain't going to talk for you. They're not going to talk. No matter what side you on. So you can't really prosecute these types of cases. You know what I mean? It just keeps happening. Um, They, they want to settle that shit for themselves out in the street. And that's why that cycle just keep continuing. Um, They were saying on this A&E, they was like, there's like a... Uh, these young people going to Twitter and talking about this, they said there's a sweet spot where you can intervene. They said they begin to talk about the loss, and about two days later, there comes aggressive tweets. And if you get there in them two days, then you might can just save a life. And so they're trying to crack down and figure out how to intervene with these gang members. Sometimes it just ain't no intervening, you know? Mm-hmm. These niggas is headstrong, and these young niggas built different, you know? Like, I got this friend. And he was telling me, you know, he a GD. And I was like, so why you join it? He was like, he was like, he was like, because my brother was a GD. He said, my brother been out here selling dope since he was 12 and shit. So I've been exposed to that shit since I was eight, trying to be like my brother. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I grew up in GD. You know, this is, I got to be like lifestyle. this. Nigga. It is a lifestyle born into that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, he was just like, things ain't really what it's supposed to be or what it was built on because like the history the history of gangs was a protection thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the police those are the original gangs kkk that's the original gangs right and and gangs was formed basically for black people to protect their area so when they're saying they covering like the little block okay this section is ours and we are gonna make sure don't nobody fuck with this shit and then money and drugs get involved and now it's like okay this is still our shit and we're gonna make this money over and here this is and our this money economy the, you know what i mean mm-hmm. right this is our economy you know what i'm saying this is how we getting shit done in the city so this is where we need to build the money from i think it kind of lost its purpose and it became so much about the territory and so much about who rep they set the hardest and you're not gonna disrespect the set to people Nigga get on Twitter and tweet something and end up dead because he has some feelings on Twitter. Just words. Have you killed? You know what I'm saying? That's what they were saying in uh, one of the documentaries that we were watching. It was like anything, any type of words, any type of feeling, any type of emotion, anything on the social media can get you killed. Mm -hmm. It don't matter what it is. You don't know what's going to set somebody off and they will kill you. Right. Because they take this shit fucking seriously. Maybe a little too seriously. Like. But then it's like, you want to be like, oh, well, they shouldn't have been caught up in gangs in the first place. But it's, it's not really a stance that you can take, especially for these people growing up in these neighborhoods. Because the way, when I tell you these neighborhoods are so close, you need to get to the corner st- store. You got to walk past the rival territory to get there. So mm-hmm. it's like, a, I hope I make it safe to the store type of deal. You just walk into the store, you know? So it's like, okay, I'm going to rock with these niggas so that when I have to go past these niggas, at least I got some protection and some people, at least somebody don't want me dead. And right. They're gonna look out for me you know what i'm saying just to go to the store yep to get some milk for your mama you know so of course it's it's going out like that but i think i think this story just had so much he shot him if y'all go into it we we tried to limit but you can go on a deep dive because let me tell you about uh the gangs in chicago their history is well documented documented well documented much to my surprise there's about 15 million documented everybody want to tell chaos story everybody uh they want to tell you a story it's worth the deep dive i think so i think it's definitely it's it's a bigger picture and like it's a lot more killings than we're even taking to account in this story it's killings that her bro did to their side that led to the killings of her bros you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. like everybody killing on behalf of everybody you know 
Um, it's sad. It is sad. She was only 17 years old when she died. A lot of these people died young. OD died at 20. Taquan died at 13. Tuku was 15. Lil B was 15. Ki was 17. I think King Von was the oldest. What was he? 24. Mm-hmm. He was the oldest one to make it. Like and most of these people young. didn't make it out of being a child. Most of these kids never fucking grew up, and it's just they were like, you have to have this mindset of a man at eleven, ten. Right, niggas be like, you need, oh, you need to be ready to die about this shit and be prepared to do that by ten years old. Right, and she, I think, especially after losing Taquan, she was like, fuck life, I die behind anything. I'm a soldier now, now yeah. Like it's whatever, it's whatever in the name, it's whatever in the name of you. Like that was her nigga. So mm-hmm. after that, it was fuck anybody. Anybody can have it. Like it, it just wasn't no making it right for her. I think at that point, for her personally, her life lost its value. Like when you ready to die behind shit like that. That's when you not valuing your life. Right. She she on Twitter quoting Biggie, you nobody till somebody kills you. Like, that was her legacy. I think she knew she was going to die. She was going to be somebody. And if it took somebody killing her for her name to reign in these streets, and it do, you know, I think, I think the person that she left, she would be proud of how she's still holding up in these streets. Years later, niggas still talking yeah, about she, I, you I know, think she, I think she'd be very proud of how she ended up. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably wanna like that. You know, she knew what Vaughn she took her out, but but I bet she'd be like, "I told you so." I, she's probably like, "I knew I was fucking legendary. You you can't make them like me." You know. All righty, it's time for. Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I mean, shit, she ain't get charged or nothing. Listen, she did get away with it. I ain't do it, but if I did, I would. I don't give a fuck. I'm not gonna tweet my location. Never. I'm like the wind. <laughs> Catch me. Listen, I probably wouldn't have been on Twitter at all. TBH. At all. They blamed a lot of it on cyber cyber banging. Mm-hmm. And it was like cyber, cyber banging has really increased the amount of deaths that go out in Chicago, especially, I guess, around these kids because social media is so important to these young Literally saying, pull up. And niggas is pulling up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They not. They ain't never scared, and it's and it's kind of like she's she, she's almost been in like every lose situation, right? Like she lost a nigga to gang shit. She lost the nigga, and the nigga was minding his fucking business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not in no gang shit. She done lost the nigga to the cops. Nobody out there for her. You know what I mean? And it's so crazy because we were talking about her not going back to school, and it's the system that fucked her up, right? I think she should have. Who would have thought? What have she got arrested. She had the charge, and she went the fuck back to school instead of you holding her in juvie. Right. What would happen then? Her teachers would have been maybe more involved, checking in. You know, if they sat there, see, that's why you need to take this money from the goddamn cops and put it to someplace more useful. Because if the yes. teachers were in this school reaching out, like, and have the time and resources and money, even if they say like, because y'all, these teachers fucking know which kids is in juvie and which is not, and who got a case and a charge and all that shit. Right? They informed the school, and if they sat there and been like, okay, what's going on? Even just talking it through, one of these niggas doing a documentary, he was like, he was like, you know, we talk about all this gang violence or whatever, but the question is, what can we do to prevent it? He was like, talk to these kids. He's like, these kids think don't nobody give a fuck about them. Right. And that's true. They really don't. Like, these kids literally have nothing to live for. They are willing to die behind, behind the, the streets. Street. You know what I'm saying? He was like, you can sit there and try and act like really white guy. He's like, you can try and act like, oh, these kids are dangerous and they're killers and gangbangers and I don't need to be talking to him. He said, I am a old white guy. I'm a 40-year-old white guy. And these kids talk to me. I didn't like him too much because I felt like he was a little misogynistic. Like, oh... 
K.I. was, at the end of the day, she was a girl and she wanted to be accepted by these boys because all girls want to be accepted by these boys. And that's why she was trying to, some girls do it sexually and she was doing it by banging with them. And I'm like, y'all are acting like she's so legendary because she's a girl. I mean, but that's the thing. It's not that she is so legendary because she's a girl. I think she's so legendary because that nigga was a shooter. I mean, it's hella shooters, though. She's not the only shooter. She's not the only one with bodies. This nigga with bodies. But it's not bitches with bodies. I think it was because she was bad that's about not, it. That's not the role that females usually play in this role. Females, they might, they're the distraction but I always piece. feel I always feel like women have the ability to be more violent. Like an all-girl gang that's bout about it, I would be terrified of them. Sure. But in a regular-ass gang, for that to be your hardest person is this 13-year-old girl. I think not even just that she was a girl, but that she was a girl and she was young as fuck. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think so. Because, I mean, in that vi- music video, she's the only girl and she is the smallest one in that music video. Because everybody else was in fucking school. I think part of what makes her legendary is that she was a girl. I think that's like the whole point behind this podcast is people don't think that women got it in them. Like Everybody think women killing because they heartbroken. And it's not. I mean, it can be. It can be. It happens. Niggas kill because they feelings hurt too, though. So niggas get their feelings hurt so easily, but, and that ego, they main ones want to grab their nuts and shoot you. But I think I think that's the part that separates her from the other. Like out of all the cases that we did, this is definitely a different one. Mm-hmm. Like, and even talking to, he's like, yeah, he was like, she 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 got the clout, she got the bodies, and she was like, the, the girls they usually don't do that, but she was out there like the niggas, you know what I mean? She was about, she meant that shit. Um, parole or no parole we don't have any we can go to jail yeah, nobody nobody got a case nobody got a case nobody went to jail okay so if they caught ki what do you think they should have did i think that if they caught ki we would still have nothing for parole or no parole because i think she would have beat the case just like all the rest of them niggas because who's finna snitch but i like the idea of a community coming together and protecting what's theirs and not letting nobody fuck with them and looking out for one another Alright, this one says, my new obsession. This is such an entertaining podcast. Terrible stories, but told so well. Is it? Uh, uh, Thank you. (laughs) Terrible stories told well. I can take it. Sure. This is from Limit Her Bali's King. They say, a blessing. As a Scorpio, I feel seen with Taz's explanations and reactions to things. And Mara's voice is such a joy to listen to. Love hearing these friends share gruesome tales. I get so immersed. I feel like these are people I could know if that makes sense. Anyways, love, love, love. Been sharing the podcast with everyone who is willing to listen. Thanks. All right, friend, do you have anything else? Oh, um, let's keep up with us. If you want to email us about ad space, just say hi. Just to pop by. You can email us at sisterswhokillpodcasts at gmail.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at Sisters Who Kill, on Instagram at Sisters Who Kill Pod, on TikTok at Sisters Who Kill Podcast, and you can join the discussion group. Make sure you answer my questions to get in. Taz, do you have anything else? Talk to us, we talk back. All right, peace. You can use the discount code SWK to get 15% off at checkout.